Welcome to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where we bridge the gap between you and your goals with science and sustainability in your health, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle journey. I hope you share and enjoy. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa. And in today's episode, we're going to be chatting a little bit about, and I'm making sure that we have the right one, (laughs) uh, losing fat without dieting. Yeah. I feel like that was a very strong intro. You came in with like some, you came in hot with your energy there. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I mean, why don't you kind of take it away and explain kind of like why you wanted to do this episode in the first place? Yeah. So I think that you and I both have similar experiences with clients who feel like in order to lose fat, in order to lose weight, they must diet. And so I did a post recently about a fat loss pyramid. And so I think what's really difficult sometimes is a lot of things can get kind of taken out of context or, you know, you'll only have 2,200 characters. So it's really hard to be like, but wait, there's a caveat or here (laughs) to explain a little bit more here. So, but wait, there's more, (laughs) but wait, there's more. And so people over 30 will be like, or I guess 25 will be like, I get that. But then other people are going to be like, I don't know what that's in reference to. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Ginger. No, you're fine. But I I think it's hard because we take a complex issue and try to simplify it into like a graphic or only have a a few hundred characters to talk about it. And so the the base of this fat loss pyramid was a caloric deficit. And so it's hard because it's like, I, while I do think that habits and like having a foundation and some other things are more important, it's like at the end of the day, calories in, calories out. Right. But it's like, a little asterisk, but wait, there's more. There are some other things that we do need to consider. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping that this episode will entail is like, yes, in order to lose weight, you have to be in a caloric deficit, but there are a lot of other things that we can do to see change. Yeah. Well, and the fact that like, just because you're not losing weight doesn't mean that you're not making progress. And I think a lot of times, people's bodies will drastically change, but they won't see the weight on the scale change for a long time. And a long time is very relative. Uh, it depends right. on <laughs> what people are comparing that to, but it could be, you know, a couple months, couple weeks, couple years um, that we're not seeing the scale change, but our body is drastically changing in its composition. So just kind of a, um, I guess a preface to all of this when we use the term body composition we're talking about the composition of fat versus muscle and all the other things that are in our body um, to make up what is what we would generalize as body composition and a lot of times that can be chalked up to like body fat percentage if you want to look at it that way Uh, but for example like we hear a lot that you know, your weight can stay the same and you can lose fat and you can build muscle and you can look completely different, but weigh the same as you did when you started. And ultimately this is really, really true. And in fact, a lot of times you can be heavier than when you started, when you uh, do this for long enough and build enough muscle and lean tissue that you have like the physique that you want. Uh, So I know that's the case for me. And I think for you too, right? Like since, since we very 
started like seven, 10 years ago, like lifting, we are heavier and leaner now than back then. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I used to look skinny fat at like 120. And if I get yeah. down to 120 now, I look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think my starting point was 130. And that was like after high school, like even having gained some weight and muscle then, but that was my beginning of bodybuilding. And then now I pretty much sit at like 145, same, if not leaner body fat percentage. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think it's, it's, I don't know if it's just easier to look back on like years of progress oh, but totally. for some, yeah. Cause it, and you have comparison pictures and you can see it and it's super easy, but when you are in the midst of that body recomposition, it is really, really difficult to be like, am yeah. I making progress? Am I not? Because we have kind of been conditioned, especially with like diet culture. It's like, we equate, if the scale goes down, we're making progress. If the scales up, goes up, we're not making progress. We're actually moving backwards. So it can be very, very, very difficult mentally for clients to continue and like really trust the process because in their minds are like, but I'm not, I'm not losing weight. And that's what I came to your program to do. Yeah. And they're seeing themselves every day. So they're not like yes. noticing micro changes. Whereas like we, a only see them virtually and B see them once a week you know, in progress photos, if they're taking them that often. And so like, we're really not seeing the changes as often. So when we look at it, we're like, oh my God, this is great. You're making awesome progress. Like we're rolling, we're rocking. And then they're like on the other end being like, what the fuck? Like my weight's not changing. My weight's <laughs> not changing. Um, but rightfully so. Right. Cause a people are typically not taught how to look at progress in a more productive and holistic way. Um, and so we're left with just the scale and our frustrations around how it's going to fluctuate. And no one teaches us that either. No one teaches us like, Hey, here's why the scale fluctuates and all the different reasons. Um, thankfully now there's lots of podcasts, including ours that, that do go into those things. But it's like, if you think about somebody who's like, 30, 40, 50 years old, and they're struggling with the weight on the scale. It's like, well, 20 years ago, this shit didn't exist. Right. So like they were learning for decades, this is how you measure progress. And so I think rightfully so to be frustrated, but it's just like, okay, now like, let's actually try to look at it from a different lens. And I think that can be the most empowering thing when you see like, wow, my body is changing and I am making progress and my efforts have an impact on the way that my body looks. Um, and then we can like build more momentum and freedom from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's, you know, talking about it again, from our perspective as coaches, we do have a lot of those like, okay, this is how we're assessing progress. We see it here, but sometimes being more transparent with our clients and saying, Hey, let's look at the wins. Like, look, let's look at this. Um, so really trying to get them to reframe and see those non-scale victories is, is really important. So that's something I think that if you wanted to within this episode that we can dive into. Um, but I, I also wanted to throw in there that comparisons can be really, really tough. Um, especially if you're going through a, a program like ours, you know, if you see like, oh my gosh, look at this client, they lost 20 pounds in 12 weeks or this client who did this and did that. And you're someone who's in a recomp phase or you're someone who's wanting to lose weight and you're not, it can be like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not making that progress? And so trying to zoom out, like, I think it's hard, but trying to see like, okay, but they may have been in a very, very different starting position than me. Like, 
they may have been overeating and overconsuming. And so for them, just kind of making some, some changes is going to be enough for them to trigger some yeah. quick progress. Um, and then if you're someone maybe who has been under eating or you have a history of chronic, uh, dieting and yo-yo diets and this and that, um, you might have a, a more difficult journey ahead. Now that doesn't mean that there's one right or wrong. Like, you know, one, one person's is better or worse. It just, these are the cards that we have dealt with and we just need to act accordingly. But I think it is really important to, when you see a comparison, try and, or you see another, uh, another person making progress, try not to compare yourself and try to see like, well, maybe my story is a little bit different than theirs. Maybe they, you know, they don't have kids or they only have one and I have three or, you know, whatever that may be, um, trying to, to try to, to zoom out a tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be really hard. Just like looking around at everyone that, like you said, it's like, oh, if somebody was like eating 4,000 calories a day and gaining a ton of weight, like a couple habit changes are going to turn that around in the right direction versus like a complex case of constant yo-yo dieting and adaptive metabolism under eating and actually trying to get this person to eat more so that their metabolism can thrive and then they can actually attempt a fat loss phase with an appropriate deficit. It's like, that's just kind of, you got more prerequisites to hit. And uh, unfortunately, like it can't just be eat less and move more um, because there are a lot of people that are in that boat of like, they weren't eating less and moving more. And once they did, they started seeing progress, but there are, there is a large population of people. I think that have been eating less and moving more, which leads to like a big problem that we're seeing in the fitness industry is that like chronic dieter archetype. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah. And just like, when you're going into a fitness journey or maybe you're already in it, keeping an open mind to how progress can look. And I guess, yeah, we should probably go into like the different ways that we can look at that and measure progress and um, just kind of explain that to, to empower the audience. Yeah. Yeah. So whether you're going through this process with a coach or not, um, definitely recommend progress photos. I think that is one of the most powerful ways to assess progress, because if you guys have, if this is your first episode, or if this is your like hundredth, two hundredth episode, like the scale, (laughs) the scale does not show the whole picture. And yes, I, I'm a, I am a data person. I know Marissa is too. Like we love our spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. We love looking at the numbers. And so it's really difficult for people like us to like, look at it and spreadsheet. You're like, but I'm not making progress. Like the scale, the number hasn't moved. And so progress photos are a way to show you what is actually going on. So there's a, a big misconception that muscle weighs more than fat. And so that's, that's not actually true. So muscle is just more dense. So like a pound of fat and a pound of muscle, both weigh one pound, they just look different. And so a lot of times what happens with people who are starting to eat a little bit more or just changing up their macro composition, they will be losing fat and gaining muscle. And so the scale is not actually changing at all. It's about staying the same or maybe, you know, fluctuates or, you know, here and there. Um, But as you're losing fat and putting on muscle, your body composition will change. So you might weigh the same, but you look like you've lost weight. And so Mm -hmm. we have seen this time and time again with clients where 
you know, it's like, you look at them, you're like, oh my gosh, like this person has lost like 15, 20, 25 pounds. And it's, you know, maybe, maybe they've even gained a little bit of weight or maybe they stayed the same, or maybe they've lost a little bit. Um, so if you were to look at the scale, you'd be like, eh, I'm not gonna make progress. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing before the progress photos really offer that insight into, Hey, we're making a lot of progress here. And so if you, mm. you know, we, we would recommend, um, you know, once a week or maybe even bi-weekly, even once a month, depending on maybe how much weight you have to lose. Um, but I feel like being able to look at those, um, really will show a lot of what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. So progress photos and then body measurements or like just mm -hmm. how clothes fit. Um, mm -hmm. and that's a harder change to really notice a lot of times, like we can kind of get in our head with the clothes fitting thing. Like sometimes it's super black and white and transparent of like, my pants are looser. There's another belt <laughs> buckle. And then there's some where it's like certain shirts. You're like, I don't know, could just be the fabric today. Right. Like we want to talk ourselves out of it and not, not give ourselves the credit almost. Um, or something I thought of that I don't think I've ever mentioned before, but um, sometimes something that can influence the way that your clothes fit is the local inflammation from training. So like, I think of this because there have been like a handful of people in the past that have thought like the kind of pump residual pump or like soreness, puffiness feeling of like your arms or your legs after a really hard training session is not inflammation they thought like oh my god my arms are getting bigger they feel huge my legs feel huge right it's like if you don't know what that stimulus is you'd probably think that right it's like oh shit like this is and, and I think it feeds into the misconception that like training lifting weights makes you bulky it's like because you feel that like inflation of your muscles and that afterburn effect um and so I found that like, sometimes people will even mistake that as like, oh, I'm gaining weight or that, that body part is getting bigger due to strength training in a bad way. Um, but that's really just inflammation that like, uh, levels out after like 24, 48, 72 hours. Um, and as your body adapts to the stimulus. And so that can also influence the way that your clothes fit and maybe make it harder for you to say like, yeah, this is fitting better. Um, so, so that's actually an interesting one that I, I feel like maybe hopefully that gives someone like a light bulb moment of like, oh, it's not, it's not just me like gaining too much muscle or like fat or whatever. Um, cause I, a lot of times the people who struggle with that are also the people who like self-identify as like putting on muscle very easily. Like they just feel like they put on muscle really quickly. So they're scared to train more. Um, but I think it, it really sometimes can be that like local inflammation response. Yeah. And I, I'm curious if you've heard this and, and gotten this feedback, but I, I hear this a lot where clients come to us and they're like, well, my legs are bulky and I'm trying to reduce their size. So I don't want to lift heavy or my arms are bulky. I'm trying to cut down. So I, I don't want to lift arms. And yeah. it's, we're like, no, 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 <laughs> let's train hard. Like let's train everything. Um, but yeah. like you said, I feel like that inflammation feeling too. They're like, no, they're getting bigger or, you know, yeah. And that part's hard. Cause like technically for a while you could go without training. And like, if, if let's say the person has a lot of weight to lose and like they, they need to lose like 50 pounds or something. And they, um, and we, let's say we go for a while without strength training. It's like, okay, then those body parts will get smaller, but 
then we're just at a metabolic disadvantage because we haven't been building our muscle and our metabolism that way. Um, so like, let's say you have a lot of body fat to lose and you strength train. So then you're like, my legs are big and my arms are big and I trained and I have this inflammation response that feels like they're even bigger. And it's like that, that probably feels shitty. Like that probably doesn't feel good. <laughs> so I can definitely see where that's coming from, but it's like, that gets you to the long-term goal of losing more fat faster and keeps it off better because once the fat is gone, then you really are left with lean, leaner muscles. Um, so yeah, that that's a tricky one. Cause it's like, you have to take into account the psychology of like what they're going through and trying to keep them like engaged in the process through that. So, Hey, Hey, if you're not driving and you're liking this episode, just take two seconds and support our show by giving it a five-star review on Apple podcasts or Spotify. These ratings and reviews just allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people onto this show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. And if you like this episode, just screenshot it and tag us on Instagram to show your support. One share really could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course it helps our show grow too. And we appreciate that. All right, back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I was thinking of too, it's like, again, it's like, you can measure progress here, here, and here but wait, there's a caveat or like, but wait, asterisk. Um, so I was thinking about like clothing and clothing sizes. And so if you are someone who's maybe like 400 pounds and you're trying to get down to like 200, you are more than likely going to see a reduction in your clothing size. Like it's going to be pretty cut and dry. But if you're someone who's maybe like 140, 150, and you're going through some, some recomp, uh, mm. there's a possibility that you might even go up in size, even though you are making progress, which is, again, it's like the scale. It's like a huge, like mind fuck. And so I, I can speak to this because back when I was in college, there was a time where I was just trying to be as small as possible. And I also wanted a butt though. So like a lot of this didn't like really make a whole lot of sense, but I was, a, I was a double zero. I was mm. really small, like really, really tiny. And as I have grown and, and trained and, and I've built that muscle, that lean muscle that I really like, my legs are more defined and they look smaller, but they're bigger. Yeah. And so I'm actually probably like anywhere between like a three and a five right now. So my pants, Where do you get your pants? Oh, three and five. I know those are like junior sizes, but I'm petite. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like well, those are, yeah. So I know it's like at American Eagle, it's even numbers. And then like guys pants are like 27, 29, 32, like, Okay. So I'm between like a two and a six, like, but also <laughs> including the three and five. Sometimes I still st like, I feel like I'm petite. And so sometimes only junior clothes fit me, but, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Between a, a two and a six. Um, but, and that's also a big range as yeah. far as, cause it depends, you know, where you shop and da, 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 da. But like my, my clothing size has gone up. And so you would look at that and be like, oh, you're regressing. You're not making progress. But in fact I have. And if I tried to like, I actually still have, and this would bite, this actually might be a really funny post for content. Um, but like, if I tried to like put that, like those shorts on my, like, I'd probably get to like right above my knee. Yeah. <laughs> and 
but I, I don't want to be a double zero. Like I don't like the way that my physique looks. And so, but that's still really hard to have your, your weight go up and to see that again, if you're a data, if you're a number person, everything is pointing in the opposite direction. Um, again, it's easier for us to look back over our timeline, but if you're in the moment, it's like, no, I, I bought this, this, uh, you know, this wardrobe, you know, pre-pregnancy or whatever it may be. I'm trying to get back into those clothes. I don't want to buy a new wardrobe. So I, I, I really understand. And that can be really, really difficult. Um, mm. So I'm wondering if you, if you have clients who are like that as well, yeah, definitely. things like that. I think the most important thing from it is like to, is just to define what is, what are we calling progress is really important because if we, are only looking at it from the lens that progress means the scale goes down, like really asking yourself what that means, right? Like, so what else are you associating with the scale going down? If that's the only thing that you're caring about, right? And those, those things that you're probably also associating with, like if you really had to flesh it out are probably what, like your clothes are fitting looser, you feel toned, leaner, tighter, um, you have less stomach fat, hip fat, you know, thigh fat, wherever it is that you're like uncomfortable with your body fat. Um, and, and that's like almost universal. Like I've never heard of someone who says, I want to see the scale go down, but I actually want to keep all the like pouches of body fat that I have. Right. Like no one says that it's, it's an all encompassing vision of, I want this lean toned body that essentially like the media industry, social media has like created this like idealistic, this is what we're all looking for. Um, and I think it's like in our human nature to want that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but so like, that's what I'm saying is like, when we say progress, we're implying all these things, but we're thinking and saying scale. And so I think it's important when we are embarking on this journey to just get our definitions right for ourselves so that we can have the proper expectations. Because for example, if I were to talk to 120 pound double zero Christina back in the day and be like, what is progress? You said for yourself, like that in that time of your life, your goal is to be as small as possible. And the way that you probably measured that was just with pant size and weight on the scale, but you also wanted a butt. And so like having the expectation that if I want the lean toned, like little tricep muscle and shoulder cap and glutes and hamstrings that look really nice, that the progress might actually be measured in certain measurements going up in the scale, not changing or even going up for a period of time. And it's really, really hard for people in those shoes where it's like, maybe they have like a body fat distribution that's not favorable, but they're generally in like a healthy weight range. It's like those people are the people where this is tough because you actually don't need the scale to go down. Like if there's someone who's like an apple or pear shape, it's like their limbs are pretty lean, but then like their midsection is, is heavier. And then they're like, I need to lose weight. You need to lose body fat you need to lose body fat. Cause if you just lose weight, it's like, everything's just going to get skinnier, but the proportions stay the same. We don't want to shrink the version of you that you already are. We just want, we want that redistributed. We want that tightened. We want that toned. Um, so I think I can speak for a lot of people in saying that, <laughs> um, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's like yeah. the universal truth for most people who would listen to this podcast. 
Yeah. It's like you thinking you need to lose weight is probably you actually need to gain five to 10 pounds of muscle and that's going to change body fat. Yeah. Right. Or, I mean, your body fat percentage is going to go down as you add that, that muscle, but, um, but yeah, so we're, we're getting close to, to 23. So I think that we should, um, move on a tiny bit. I don't know if we want to continue going over different ways to assess progress, but, um, no. one of the things, no. Okay. I feel like that covers a lot though, too. Okay. I was just going to just one last thing to add in is kind of like, there can be mental progress too, like your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself, your body image, um, how you're feeling about your habits. Like, are those things improving? Cause if you're losing weight, but you're not changing your habits and you're not changing anything about how you approach certain things, mm. that's not going to be sustainable progress. Um, so really making sure that we have that foundation first, and it may take a little bit longer than you might have expected, but I still believe that like progress is progress. And if we're not plateauing, like let's, let's just kind of keep going. So that's my yeah. little, no, that's a great point. I think, um, it, you know, and, and the person who's like, no, fuck that. I want the scale. Like I want the, the numerical progress, give it to me. Like here's, here's why the mental stuff is important, even though it's like, okay, but that doesn't replace the fact that I'm not seeing the changes. And I agree totally like that. And and that part is, but the reason why it feeds into it is think about it this way. The person in poverty who wins the lottery almost always ends up back in poverty again. That's a statistic. And then there's billionaires and millionaires that lose everything and they make it back again quicker the next time and the time after that and the time after that. Why is that? It's because the person that they are, the mindset that they have and that they have cultivated for themselves is what creates those results. And so if you are somebody who has lost the weight over and over again, and you're not, you know, you're not keeping it or like you are reluctant to focus on or celebrate the wins that are the mental side of things because you want the physical numerical progress. Part of the reason you might not be seeing that progress is because you haven't shifted those beliefs, identities, relationship with food, how you handle situations enough to actually kind of be earning that physical product byproduct, right? Um, and so I, I like that analogy a lot with like the lottery or the, the people who lose it all and gain it and get it back because I think it really does say a lot about like you become and the material, physical things that you have are a result of who you are and the work that you put in in your mind. Yeah, no, that that was perfectly perfectly said. So, um, so. When it comes, and I feel like you and I, again, are very similar in how we approach uh, fat loss without dieting is like dieting is kind of like the last resort. Like we don't want to diet if we do not have to, if we're seeing progress without doing it, it's like, let's keep going. Like, let's keep doing this. So a lot of other things that we can do in order to see progress that don't involve jumping into a caloric deficit. So I kind of like to, like, there's the analogy of like, you have, you know, a gun and you have a certain amount of rounds and we don't want to fire everything off at one time or tricks up your sleeve. We don't want to just like throw everything out onto the table and then we plateau. And then there's nothing else that we can do because you've, you've been bottomed out. Like you're doing all this cardio, you're eating 1200 calories. And that's what a lot of 
that's where a lot of people end up. So what we want to do is again, change those habits. Let's just change a little bit of stuff. Once you've got that down, cool. Let's change up a few more things. And that's how we want to continue making progress. And so I think it's hard. Sometimes a lot of women come onto our program. They feel like they're not doing enough. I'm not making progress quick enough. Like what are my expectations with uh, dieting, with fat loss? Like how, do, how does all this work? Because I think that sometimes as coaches, we're like, cool, we're on track. <laughs> we're doing awesome. We're seeing all this progress. But from a client's mind, they're like, okay, but sometimes I feel like the end result to them and what they're trying to get to is dieting. Um, so we'll go into like another episode with like how you can earn your fat loss phase. But I think just for here, like knowing from a coach's perspective, we don't want to dive into dieting too soon. If there are other ways that we can make progress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's like process focus. So we will, you guys will hear that next week, but, um, but yeah, hopefully with this episode, you've been able to look at your progress a little bit differently and celebrate changes that you might not have even known were there. Um, or just have a better lens moving forward in how to continue looking for those pieces of progress. And, um, and yeah, just be more like what that does, right. Is you're more satisfied. You're happier as you go throughout the journey, because you're able to celebrate the wins throughout. So yeah, just making the process more enjoyable as well. Do we want to talk about plateaus, like a, a true plateau versus a recomp? Do we want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, essentially I was just going to say with that, like recomposition, right. The replacement of body fat versus muscle. It's like, it can look like a plateau on the scale. It will, your scale probably won't move. You'll probably stay within a certain weight range, but, um, a true plateau is if we look at all of the things that we mentioned, body measurements, clothes, pictures, scale, everything, even the mental stuff. And we're making no progress, like for three, four weeks at a time, like that is what constitutes a plateau. And I think we have an episode called like the, the secret to your weight loss plateau or something like that. We should probably do a revamp of, but, um, but that explains how to get past those plateaus. Um, but usually like a lot of times if the scale is not moving, like we really just got to look in the right places. And if you're doing the things right, like if you are strength training, eating, right, having lots of protein, having a moderate amount of calories, like you will most likely continue to recomp indefinitely. Like this doesn't stop. There's no end point. You can always be recomping. Um, so I think it's just keeping that perspective in mind. If we're, if we're frustrated or looking like we're at a plateau. Yeah, that's perfect. Anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Right under 30 minutes. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit and Marissa at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.